On this episode of This Is Game Boy, beating this game will make your chest glow like that of Fabio. Well, welcome everyone to ep what episode is this? It sits right there in the notes, episode ten. But sure. oh look, I had to scroll. I had to scroll up. Episode ten. Oh man. Uh, wow, ten episodes already. Yeah, that means almost, ten months of year. doing this. So, uh, wow, getting close to a year now. Wow, I even feels feels like we started yesterday. Uh, <laughs> welcome everyone to episode ten. Um, I am Belthic Gaming. With me is, as always, Mula. Yellow. What have you been up to, Mo? Uh, well, a lot, actually, because, um, I think I spoke about this in, in my previous slides. We have a lot going on in the background right now. Um, we have been preparing for Tiny 10.9. We have been, uh, trying to get started on completely redesigning the GB Runners website, uh, and it's gonna take quite a while, but but we'll get to that because um, we have a lot of plans with that. But yeah, that's all future talk, of course. So um, I have been playing very few games, um, mostly because a lot of great new games came out the past month. Um, one of them being the Resident Evil 2 remake, which I've been uh, playing for quite a while. Uh, my beat-up Leon A went to Claire B, so I got the quote-unquote complete story done. Um, but there's so much left, like the DLC already came out, which is free by the way, which is really cool. Um, there, there's still a lot of trophies I have to get, which requires you to get an S ranking on the hardcore difficulty. So that's, that's gonna take quite some time for me to get through but there was another big hitter of course coming out this month which we have been waiting for for like 10 years <laughs> um which is kingdom hearts 3 um and yeah me as being a huge kingdom hearts fan um i put a lot of time into that game it has been beaten on the hardest difficulty proud mode at least uh, that's in this game apparently some people have data mined the game and critical mode is in it so I expect them to release that as a DLC or unlock it as a DLC in the future. Maybe even already patch it in to be a 3.5 or something. I don't know what they're going to do. Because, uh, yeah, if anybody knows the Kingdom Hearts games, they get released. And after a year, they get like a revised version with um, some game mechanics. Well, not game mechanics, but like, um, how do you call that? Like stats of enemies changed uh, some attacks of yourself changed and they always call it uh, the final mix version so maybe we'll we'll get that as a patch eventually i don't know what they're gonna do uh but yeah finish the storyline i am almost done completing the game which basically consists of you doing a lot of stupid mini games um i don't know what squeenix's thing is with um tying trophies or unlockable items behind very dumb minigames. Luckily, these ones were pretty easy. I didn't have a lot of trouble with them, but there are a lot, so um, putting some time into that. And the last thing I still have left to do is get all the synthesis... Synth synth 
Yeah. So all those <laughs> items that you <laughs> that you have to create. Um, so I have to go hunt down a few more items to make those. But then I'm completely done with that game. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, what can I say about Kingdom Hearts Three? Actually, this is my least favorite in the entire series. That is not saying that this is a bad game. Um, it's like saying that Back to the Future 3 is the worst of the trilogy, which I don't agree with, by the way. But it's like, they're great games, but one of them is not as great as the others. And for me, this is the one out of all 12 games, probably. But I don't count like the mobile game and, and things like that, because those are things nobody should ever play anyway. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been playing non-Game Boy related. Um, I have started Portable Pleasure again uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. So we've beaten three games so far this year. Um, this is kind of my season three because we're over 300 games now. So I did Titus the Fox, I did um, Cliffhanger, and I don't remember what the other game was. Um, Cliffhanger. What a game. What a gem. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it a gem, <laughs> but like it's a it's a mediocre game. Like there's nothing more I can say about that. Now I'm really, really trying to think what the other game was that I beat. It was right before Cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember what you played now. I remember you playing Titus, and I remember you playing Cliffhanger. I don't remember the game before Cliffhanger. Oh, I got it. It's uh, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Oh, uh, right. Which yeah. is a, actually a really cool game, in my opinion. It's, it's not a really good game, again. It's super mediocre. It resembles uh, Jungle Book a bit, uh, because it's, it's the same kind of deal. You have to go through the stage, get all the items, and then go to the end of the stage. Um, oh. But... but the stages themselves are pretty easy to figure out. They're not really big. I think the ones in Jungle Book are a lot bigger. Um, it only has six stages and um, it has some pretty interesting boss fights, unlike, uh, unlike Jungle Book. So yeah, I, I kind of really liked playing through that game. It took me about two hours, but uh, yeah, what's, it was quite fun actually. I don't like those types of games where you have to collect something to get through the stage. Like, um, Cool Spot is like that. Zul was like that. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. had to collect, like, X amount, like, a certain percentage of items to, to, to progress. And then you had to find the exit. And you had, like, and you were timed. Like, it's just, ugh. Not a fan of those, <laughs> of those games at all. Yeah. yeah maybe you'll like uh, Tarzan because it's, it's very simple in that regard. Like, takes you maybe 20 minutes the first time you play it to figure out, oh, there is everything. And uh, you have plenty of lives to pick up. You have plenty of continues you can pick up. So, so you never really feel like, oh, if I fail this now, I have to replay the entire game again. Um, it's it's pretty lenient like that. So, all right, huh. yeah, that's what I've been up to. And what have you been playing the past? I don't know when we last recorded actually the the full episode. Last month, sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see, non-Game Boy related. I played through Red Dead Redemption 1 for the first time. Hated the game. Did not like it at all. Mm -hmm. Hot take, by the way. Uh, did not like the game. Thought it was slow. Thought it was just repetitious. I just didn't find it enjoyable. Mm. Red Dead 2, however, is a fantastic game. Um, play Doom 2016, the newest Doom that came out. In hopes that Eternal comes out this year. Mm -hmm. um, again, not that good of a Doom game. Like I'd rather play Doom on the SNES or something. 
I don't know. Wow. I don't know what it is. Like, like I, I feel like like a lot of, for me, I think a lot of like the like a lot of the old series that came out in the eighties and nineties that we grew up with. Yeah. As as they keep progressing through like two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, and on into like the newer consoles. The more and more I start to not like them, yeah, because yeah. I, f- I feel like they steer away from the actual main core of the actual series, and they just cater to what people actually want, and uh, it kind of ruins the experience for me a bit. Like I played, uh, like I'll use Resident Evil for an example. Like I was never a huge fan of Resident Evil growing up. Um, I was more of a Silent Hill fan, mm-hmm. but I played Resident Evil Seven. And I was just like, eh. I'm like, this doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game. This just feels like a better version of Outlast, honestly. Yeah. So I was like, eh. Yeah. yeah. I was like, eh. No, I like, I, I agree with that. Like, Resident Evil Seven did revive the series because um, the engine they made they also used for for Resident Evil Two remake right now. Um, but it's yeah. it's not first person perspective. It's uh, it's the uh, third person perspective over the shoulder from uh, Resident Evil 4 of course but yeah uh, Resident Evil 7 making it a first person quote unquote shooter um, is just following from still the hype from PT actually um, ever since that demo came out every horror game wanted to be like that um, which didn't really fit the Resident Evil series uh, but on its own, if, if you look past that, it, it's pr- a pretty good game. But um, it's not a bad yeah, game. Yeah, no. just at the end, you you see that it's turning into a Resident Evil game uh, because yeah. then all the pieces are uh, starting to fit together. But it feels really like they just made a game, and then they were halfway through. They were like, "Wow, this could actually be something good. We could use to to revive Resident Evil because we failed." At least for the audience, we failed when we made Resident Evil Six. So, um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, even though I'm not a huge fan of Resident Evil games, like I still have played them. Like I like the horror genre a lot. I just I, I'm not invested enough in the Resident Evil story to mm-hmm. enjoy. I like the movies. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the first like two movies. Um, also, unpopular opinion, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I like the first. Yeah, I like the first two movies as well. The third one, I think, is the weakest of the entire franchise. Um, yeah, that's the one in the desert. I don't know what happened there. It felt like a really weird game when where the entire world suddenly was infected, which is something that doesn't happen, by the way, in Resident Evil. Um, it's always yeah. in a contained area. Um, but yeah, it was it- weird. And they had that one Resident Evil movie. Maybe it was three words, like basically like The Matrix, but Resident Evil. But that was weird. I didn't like that one at all either. Uh, the second um, one is with they're... Nemesis. Uh, that, that's the one in right, actual yeah. Raccoon City. That that one I like because it's a really, really, really good action movie. Um, it's not that good of a Resident Evil movie again, but yeah, I, no. I like Nemesis at least. He was cool. Yeah, one and two was, was were good. I want to say like it was like Resident Evil. 4 four or five wherever it was the movie where there's like it was like the matrix kind of deal like, it was weird i didn't mm-hmm. like it at all um but i do like apparently they're making like one final resident evil movie apparently or just gonna re-jump the entire movie series i don't know they're gonna make a series uh, on probably netflix i will assume um but it is by the same directors as the movies so oh, <laughs> so it's like yeah this is probably gonna turn out to be really shitty again uh That's but too yeah bad. 
We'll they'll see. have like one good episode out of like the ten yeah. that they do. Or maybe uh, they'll be <laughs> they'll make it really good. Like you never know, of course. But that's true. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like you look at the Silent Hill movies. The first Silent Hill, in my opinion, it's it's a top five movie for me, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely great. Si- movie. Silent Hill, Silent Hill two movie, like the second Silent Hill movie, doesn't exist at all. <laughs> like don't don't tell me it exists. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a Silent Hill. It has the only a... thing that makes that movie Silent Hill is it has Pyramid Head in it. Yeah, That's it has a lot of Silent great Hill. monster um, looks. But yeah. besides that, it it borrows from the story of uh, Silent Hill Three, but it does it like a teenage drama horror yeah. slasher uh, for some reason. While the first movie was just really well made and. Um, yeah, I don't know. And Sean Bean dies again in it, so it's <laughs> true. He does unbelievable. Like Sean Bean, poor guy. Wow, thinking about it, there's a there's two Game of Thrones actors in that movie: Sean Bean and Kit Carrington. Yeah, I didn't watch that, so I have no idea who that second person is. But yeah, he's Jon Snow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know the yeah. name and I know how he looks, but I have no idea who or what he is. <laughs> like Game yeah. Game of Thrones is nothing for me. Really? I I I think you I thought you'd like that. that show. No, I am absolutely not a fan of like medieval fantasy things, which is kind of okay. weird to say because I do love like uh, the early Final Fantasy games, which is basically the same. But I I do not like watching movies or series about it. Like Lord of the Rings, um, great movies for sure. But if we did not went to see them uh, in school. Which is also really weird that we did that. But um, if we did not do that, I would have never in my life seen those movies because I really do not care about the genre. But yet we're going to talk about Wizards and Warriors today. Which is also Which is... medieval fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Well, <laughs> um, outside of that, like I have a huge backlog still that I, I need to play through for, for, for non-Game Boy variety games. But in terms of Game Boy, I've done eight games this year already. That's better um, than me, yeah. The most recent is... Let's see here. I think I'd have this up. Professional podcaster. Um, mm-hmm. So we did... What? Prophecy Viking Child. That game was a game. Mm-hmm. Prehistoric Man was actually pretty fun. And Titus the Fox was, wasn't bad. Those two were made by the same company. Um, right. Yogi's Bear Gold Rush, that game is awful. Yeah, um, that's one I've beaten already as well. Yeah, that's not a not a good game. That's not even a mediocre game. That's just No, it's just bad. Yeah. Uh Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally got around to playing that. Um I pretty much prefer the DX version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, Castlevania Castlevania Legends, hot take, did not like the game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh love the music. Honestly, the music the music and the sprite work were pretty good in it, but I still think Belmont's Revenge is the better Game Boy Castlevania. For sure, yeah. Uh, Super Hunchback. Oh my god. I can't wait to request this game for you. Yeah, like, I don't know what it is. Um, I know the, the title, but it always makes me think of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but that's totally not it, right? That's Oh, it's not no, it yeah, yeah, it's No, yeah, yeah. What a weird <laughs> title for that game. Well, apparently in the 80s, there is an Atari or an arcade game. I don't remember the exact history, but there is one called Hunchback, mm-hmm. which is a very similar uh, game where you ba- it's, it's a platformer. You just get from point A to point B, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this game is something else. Like you'll get a you'll have a chance where it's 
you spawn into the next screen and you just die immediately okay. because something came off the off the off the screen and killed you. No. You have no idea. Like you have no time to react or anything. It's a it's a great game. It took me six and a half hours to beat, <laughs> and it's only nine stages. Yeah, that, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm, my newest three quests for portable pleasure is uh, the uh, adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle and friends and Knuckles. Um, what a that's not a bad game. It, it's weird. It's like it's definitely not a good game. Definitely not. No, um, I no, wouldn't. Not a good game. I wouldn't even call it a mediocre game either. But it's, it's also it's like not Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, 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 but yeah, Ren and Stimpy. I think Ren and Stimpy is actually worse, but easier to play. This one, you really have to know the stages or you're not going to go anywhere. Um, I made it 75% through the game right now, so I'm almost there um, after an hour, so I think it's going to take me another hour to beat. But what a weird game. It's it's so weird. Yeah, I, I've played the Super Nintendo version of Rocky and Bullwinkle. I haven't played the Game Boy version yet, so I'm very curious to see... If the, this Rocky Bullwinkle compares to the NES version or the Super Nintendo version, mm -hmm. very curious. Yeah, I have no um, idea. I've never played them. I do know, or I could be mixing this up with the Super Nintendo version, um, but I think this game, uh, so Rocky and Bullwinkle for Game Boy and Ren and Stimpy Space Cadet, are actually the same game, but they just use different sprites to make it, <laughs> make create another game. Um so I think oh, I think fantastic. it's the Game Boy one, but it might be the Super Nintendo one as well. But it's it, it's it's a weird story behind that. That's fantastic. Mm. If that's the case. That's super <laughs> yeah. Like for Bugs Bunny, the whole Bugs Bunny thing, everybody knows it. Crazy Castle is Mickey Mouse there, and it's Woody Woodpecker there. Um, there you can actually see. Look, it's the same game, but it's it's with uh, just the the enemy sprites are different. But for these two games, like. Everything is different, like the backgrounds are different and, and things like that. But if you put them side by side, you actually have to do the exact same things in both games. So it's it's so weird huh. that they did that. Could you imagine just submitting the, uh, you know how they do like those two games, one controller type deal at, at, at the GPs yeah, yeah. now? Yeah. Just do it that with that game. Just Space Cadets and Rocky the Bullwinkle. Two games, one controller. Yeah, might exactly be the same. I think the cutscenes in Rocky and Bullwinkle, um, they make it really feel like an episode of the series. So they're really long, the cutscenes, if you don't skip them. Oh, I don't think they do that with Space Cadet, though. So that might be different. Huh. That's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm curious. To, I, have, I've, I haven't played a Game Boy... Um, Ren and Stimpy yet either. Mm -hmm. uh, I've played a super. I've played uh, was a Fire Dog or whatever it is on Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. That game is awful. Um, yeah, I haven't played a Game Boy Ren and Stimpy yet. Mm -hmm. And the most recent Game Boy game I beat was Operation C. Right, right. Um, not a bad game. I still prefer Alien Wars though for Game Boy. Oh, um, but not a bad game. No, I like I like Operation C better actually. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I got. I think my biggest issue with Operation C. Was that it felt like the weapon power ups weren't really power ups? Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I felt like you did more damage and you got through a stage faster with your base gun than you did with homing fire or spread. Right, right. Yeah, fire is the best weapon, but you have to use it correctly. It's it's a weird weapon for sure. Actually, I am lying. I do not like Operation C better. I like Probotector better. 
You would. <laughs> I really do. I don't know. I like the, the robot sprite more than... Uh, I don't know what the guys' names are in Contra. Frank and, and Melvin. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know my Contra lore very yeah. well. But yeah, I like the robot a lot. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, outside of that... Um, I got a few games accepted into a couple marathons. Uh, RGL's Retrothon, I got Fist of the North Star Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you thought Shaq no Fu was I... a very, very deep <laughs> fighting game, you'll love Fist of the North Star. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how I'm going to commentate that run yet. Oops. I still have no idea. But uh, I got Fist of the North Star in for Game Boy, and I got Titus the Fox hard category into retrothon as well too mm. so um kind of cool like i literally just learned i learned titus the fox in a day and already got into a marathon so that's kind of interesting yeah. um and i submitted uh shack food game boy to is it like fighty fists marathon in april i think it was so <laughs> fighty fists <laughs> it's something like that yeah it's, it's a marathon only for fighting games that's of, of all funny. platforms yeah so i, I submitted shack food game boy uh, because one of the organizers reached out to me. Um, <laughs> and then G- GDQ submissions opened today, the day of the day that we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, opened today, so I need to get my submission videos ready for like Squidlet, um, Titus the Fox, and Shaq Fu for SGDQ. Yeah, G- getting Game Boy in GDQ is, yeah, a thing. Uh... Get, getting Game Boy into GDQ is one thing. Getting an indie game from GB Jam into GDQ, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be another. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's on PC, so maybe they'll take it. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, speaking of that old medieval fantasy stuff, uh, that's a good segue into what we're going to be discussing today, I guess, on the podcast. Huh? Yeah, we're doing... Actually, pretty much one of my favorite games on Game Boy, but... Um, that, yeah, it's top 10 for yeah, me. But that, that doesn't mean we're going to talk about a great game on Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, the, the game we're talking about is uh, Wizards and Warriors uh, Chapter X, Fortress of Fear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a game. So when we come back, uh, we'll give you some overview and the plots and everything else so stay tuned listen to this banger from uh dave weiss enjoyed that song of whatever our amazing producer lakes chose there's not that many songs to choose from for this game so yeah there's seven yeah okay okay. yeah yeah i mean you got like you got the title sequence Mm -hmm. um and then you got the the, they got was it like six stages or seven stages i can't remember five stages actually five five yeah oh yeah 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 you're right five yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, there's only two good songs in the game. Mm-hmm. In the game, but 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this game came out pretty early in the Game Boy lifespan. It came out in January of 1990. Yep, second tier. Um, so, yeah, uh, developed by Rare. So, uh, yeah, developed by Rare, uh, but published by Acclaim. Um, again, we talked about this in the past. Rare, mostly in that period, did uh, did games for other companies. Um, LGM was one of them. Acclaim was another one they did a lot of games for. And then I think um, MB, I always forget what MB stands for, you know, from the board games. Um, Milton Bradley. Yeah, there we go. So, like, uh, Time Lord, that's also made by Rare for NES. Um, so, yeah, they, they mostly did uh, productions for other companies then. And then, of course, they had their in-game games like uh, the Battletoads series. That's, uh, that's one of their own creations. Yeah, you got Rare, which is Battletoads, Donkey Kong. Um, Rare has made some damn good games yeah. uh, in the past. Uh, their most recent, for those of you that are into recent video games, is uh, Sea of Thieves. Oh, right. Really? Uh, even though Rare... Oh, but that's yeah, Rare, Microsoft Rare, Rare, you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, Rare, Rare was bought by Microsoft, weren't they? Like a while back. Yeah, like uh, a long time ago, actually. Um, The the last game they made was uh, Star Fox Adventures for GameCube. After that, they got uh, bought by Microsoft, and then it pretty much went downhill for them. Um, And that's also why the original team, um, like the composer of this game, David Weiss, um, Grant Kirkhope, and most of the guys who developed Battletoads, who developed Donkey Kong, who developed uh, Banjo-Kazooie, left. And they made their own uh, company again called Platonic, but of course they don't have the rights to uh, all of their their original games because Microsoft owns them now. So they made Ukulele, which is basically Banjo Kazooie three, but they couldn't use Banjo Kazooie. So, yep. so yeah, that that's how uh, how they are now back in business under the name Platonic. But that's the original team, at least. Another fun fact too is that Microsoft Microsoft Rare. Is making another Battletoads. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am looking forward for that. But I'm I'm curious if they're gonna bring back any of the old staff for that. I'm curious if they got a contract, David Weiss or anyone else from the old Rare team that worked on Battletoads in NES, Game Boy, and Super Nintendo era mm. to help out with this new one. Yeah, I I I kind of doubt they will because again they're Platonic now. Uh, David Wise, of course, is a composer, so he can, unless it's in his contract, that he can't uh, do anything else. But that's most right. unlikely. Um, he he probably can do uh, the music for the game, so so that might be it. But yeah, the the developers and the actual coders for Battletoads, I I have no idea if they will be back for this. I'd be curious. It, it, I, I'm very curious. Like I'm not a huge fan of Battletoads. Hot take: I don't like Battletoads at all. Um, but I'm very, but I understand the appeal to the game, mm-hmm. and I understand that a lot of people love the game, and I'm very curious to see what they do with it. Like I wonder if they keep it true to Battletoads, or if they did what they did with Mega Man 11 and gave you an easy difficulty where you just can't die. Yeah, probably. I assume they will put something like that in that because 
well, <laughs> nowadays people want easy stuff. Um, and just to maybe sell it to more audiences than just the hardcore gamers gamers from, from the 80s, 90s. Um, they might put that in there to, to get it some traction for a newer audience. Then again, would they be interested in Battletoads game? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough sell. Um, I feel like Battletoads has a lot of nostalgia for people like us. But like, let's say like I gave it to my 17-year-old cousin, like, here you go, play Battletoads. Like, I'm assuming they would hate it. Yeah, you know? yeah they will um, probably give up really fast. <laughs> right. So I, I, it, I'm curious to see what that what that market is for, for Battletoads. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's interesting that Rare is kind of coming back. Like, you're starting to see the name. You're starting to see that, that golden R again uh, in 2018, 2019. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Mo said, this was published by Acclaim. Um, Acclaim has done such, published such games like, was it, uh, NBA Jam, I think, Tony Hawk. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, the Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yep. They've done a lot so, of games, uh, off varying, uh, <laughs> yeah. Genres. Yeah, yeah. genres and, it's and all the- um, quality. So it, it, it's always weird with Acclaim. Sometimes they really do it well other times they don't um wait was the claim mortal Kombat or was that midway or was the boat oh i was midway no no it was midway. yeah yeah maybe You're i'm, right. I'm yeah. wrong there oh. whatever yeah it doesn't mortal Kombat game boy is bad anyway so <laughs> uh <Yeah. laughs> shaggy's in the new mortal Kombat though it's all that matters uh, <laughs> 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 and like we've said many many times already uh David Weiss is the composer for Wizards and Warriors X. Uh, Dave has done a lot of games. Uh, I have in my notes insert heart eye emoji because his soundtracks and music is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ca- he captures atmosphere and 8-bit, 16-bit rhythm so well. Uh, but he's composed Don- the, the Donkey Kong series, including Tropical Freeze. Yep. Uh, Marble, Marble Madness, Amazing Spider-Man, Battletoads. Uh, honestly, the, the list just goes on forever of how many amazing games that he's done done sound for. Yeah, he does a lot of newer games as well. Uh, I can't think of them on the, from the top of my head, but yeah, he sees uh, in a lot of games and you immediately recognize just... Um, how good it is that like he's just good with music for every type of game so it, it's crazy yeah like apparently i see according to this he's done tengami um snake pass ukulele obviously mm-hmm. diddy kong racing ds viva pinata some of his newer stuff uh some of his earliest stuff is like slalom wizards and warriors uh for nes uh, rc pro-am uh wwf wrestlemania sesame street so uh kind of is he's kind of all over the place too when it comes to genres for games but his but his music is very distinct like you'll know it's a david wise sound yeah just like grand kirkhope actually like if you hear one track of that guy you just okay that was a weird sound um (laughs) (laughs) thanks windows 10 um yeah so if if you hear one of the tracks composed by one of these two people you immediately know it's it's these guys this this is just gonna be great yeah uh 
like I, I'm very similar when I see Ocean or or Sunsoft on, on a game. Mm-hmm. Like if I see like Ocean or Sunsoft is on the label or somehow somewhere in the credits, I'm like, I know that at least the music is going to be good. Mm-hmm. The game might not be, but I know the music will be good. So yeah, especially uh, with Ocean, <laughs> Sunsoft is yeah. has a lot of great games, but there are like a few stinkers here and there. Uh, but yeah, the music at least is good. Yeah, and there's apparently a plot to this game, which I never knew there was play in the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, it, it, you're more better at describing plots than I yeah, am. Yeah, so. it's uh, I, it's probably in the manual, I guess. Um, but it it does does give you some kind of hints while playing the game what has happened. But um, yeah, this is okay. This is hard to explain, but this game is <laughs> is of course called Wizards and Warriors X, which stands for ten in ruminal numbers. So this is the tenth chapter in the story of Wizards and Warriors. The thing is, however, that there are only four games. So there's uh, Wizards and Warriors 1, 2, 3 for NES, and then there's this one for Game Boy. Um, 3 wasn't developed even uh, at this time, so they jumped from 2 to 10. Um, But yeah, so this game takes actually place after Wizards and Warriors 2, um, Iron Sword. Um, And yeah, this game has... The warrior, the night warrior Kuros again, like in all of the other games, one of the bravest warriors ever to wield the iron sword. Uh, And he was also the only person ever who was able to to defeat the evil wizard Malkil, which was the final boss of iron sword. Um, After Malkil's defeat in iron sword, he went into seclusion for more than 17 years, in which nobody heard from him during that time. After those 17 years, Princess Elaine... No idea who that is. She, she's just a princess there, I guess. She disappears without a trace, in which Kuros believes that Malkil has captured her and imprisoned her in a dreaded Fortress of Fear, located in the woods of Xanifer. Uh, Kuros then ventures into the Fortress of Fear to stop Malkil from furthering his evil plans. However, many people have gone inside the Fortress of Fear, but none of them survived. Which, which makes sense, because... Oh boy, Fortress of Fear! <laughs> It it is a it is definitely a fortress of fear for sure. Yeah, pressing left, you should be scared in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you're in for a a quality hard game when the first stage is just riddled with pits, um, and you're allowed to go left and or right at the very start of the game. Like, if you go left, there's a bunch of power ups. However, getting to said power-ups, you have to do some extreme precise platforming to get like a one-up, I think it is, which yeah. are extremely important in this game um, <laughs> because there's no continues, if I remember correctly. Like Once you game over, you're done. You get to start the game all over again. Absolutely. Um, and like if you ask me what the genre is for this, like it's a platformer. It's, it's an action platformer. But it is a precision action platformer. Um, the game is very unforgiving on jumps. If you, even if you you hit the edge of a platform where you it looks like you should have landed, you'll fall through the platform and die. Um, it's one of those types of games. And at the same time, you also have enemies and other obstacles in these pits jumping between the platforms. So you have to understand timing and actions, and it's just it's. It, it's a nightmare, honestly. Like getting through, understanding the game, 
and playing through it blind for like the first 20 minutes is a complete nightmare. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, some of the cool things I thought with the game were, uh, I, th- I liked the crouch animation a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. The, the, crap the crouch walk. animation looks like you like, yeah, the crouch animation looks like you get like squished by like a, a one ton weight and then you can like crab walk across the ground. Mm. Um, but his head, the head sprite never changes size. So you have this huge head, head on like this crushed body. It's, it's pretty comical. Um, and then the, the swinging animation for me in a way, I don't know if it was because of how I was playing the game, but the input actually had a delay to it where to swing, like if you, if I swung, it took like maybe half or a quarter of a second before the sword actually did anything else. Hmm. Um, okay. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it was the way I had my recording stuff set up or what, but it definitely, uh, posed more of a challenge for me than anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but the, uh, one of the biggest issues I had with the game is more so with the hitboxes than the actual difficulty of the level design itself. Yeah. Um, I had it to where my hitbox expanded past my sword and I could get hit while swinging my sword. Like I can be damaged while swinging my sword and not hurt the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of my biggest issues with this game yeah uh yeah i mean otherwise like honestly like the game isn't awful um like i said your hitbox is gigantic uh there's no continues in the game so you'd really really just duck up these lives and throughout the stage you collect keys to open up chests just like just like a wizards of warriors game on the nds Uh, i believe this kind of mimics wizards of warriors one from what you and i talked about mo yeah um and like in the said chest, you can get gems. Uh, you can get various items like invincibility potions, uh, boots, uh, and it's, it's really about it. And the biggest thing you want are the boots because the boots help you jump higher. However, with the boots, if you die, you lose the boots, and you're kind of screwed. Uh, especially, I believe it's in stage two. Uh, towards the end of stage two, you have to do this giant jump over a chasm. And if you died beforehand, you can't go back and get the boots because the chest is open and have already been looted. So you're kind of stuck uh, in stage two, unless you know where there's a second a second uh, key and chest with boots to make that jump. But that would make but that would have to have you backtrack to the entire stage again, where enemies do respawn. Um, so it's 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 very important to get through stages without dying or taking too much damage. Um, the game is very much a you have to play a stage multiple times to understand where things are and how to approach certain obstacles and cautions in the game. Uh, the invincibility invincibility potion is pretty useless. Uh, you can get it pretty quick in stage one, I believe, on the third or fourth screen, but it lasts like two seconds. Like it's not worth spending a key to get it uh because later on like stages uh to get keys are kind of death traps like you're gonna have to fall down into like a, a flat area where there's just a bunch of skeletons and you can swing at them all day but they're gonna just pound you into the ground because your hitbox is just atrocious um other than that though like getting to the bot like getting to the final boss like the way i did it I, I stocked up like seven extra lives and I just tanked the boss. Then I just sat there on one platform and took him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds about right. I'll do correct you on one thing though about those high jump boots. If you actually come across a section and you lose the boots, they will always, always put a key and a chest like right next to you. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so that, that chest that you opened with the boots, it will have respawned with the boots. So you can backtrack. If that is not an option to do, you can make that jump without the boots. So that's definitely something you... I think there's two of places where you absolutely need the boots and then they're just like right behind you actually. So um, oh. they, they do fix that problem. Um, but I'll, I'll dive a little bit into how uh, the NES games worked. Um, if you look at the first game, yes, it requires you to get keys, but there's uh, three color keys. You always have them and you can open um, the corresponding boxes um, that, that need those keys and you will always have them throughout the same stage. Um, a second thing in the first game is you have unlimited continues, so you can keep replaying the well not even replaying the level because it actually saves your progress through the stage so you always start um from where you actually died except for during boss fights um is there if there is like a hallway before a boss fight you always have to redo that um but yeah that, that's the only unforgiven thing about uh, the first wizards and warriors game um what they introduced in that game is the different items um you can get like a sword upgrade, which makes you fire a little dagger out of your sword, which uh, which goes across the screen. There are the jumping boots as well, um, which make you jump higher, just like in this game. And the second thing that they do is that you can fall from higher distances without actually getting hurt. Because um, that is also a thing that happens in this game. Um, if you fall from too high, you will see that your sprite starts doing a falling animation like he's uh, being knocked down on the ground and you will take damage if you fall. And the height... I forgot all about that. Yeah, and yeah. the height in the Game Boy version for that thing to happen is really, really short. It's like maybe 10 pixels and you already start doing that. So what you really want is those boots for sure. Luckily, there's a lot of them in the game, so that's not a problem. But you have to get keys, and keys are a one-use item. You can also only have nine keys, but you will never reach that, so don't worry about that. You'll, um, you'll never max out yeah, on keys. Yeah, never, never. <laughs> um, the gems in the NES version, in the first game, are actually used to exit the stage. You need a certain amount of them to exit the stage. In this game, they're used as a credit thing to gain extra life, so if you got 10 of them, you get an extra life. Um, the good thing is there's a lot of gems, so you can, during the first levels, at least get a lot of extra lives. The problem is you can never get more than nine lives, which makes all the gems pretty much useless after stage three where you should have nine lives unless you died a bunch of times which will happen don't worry about that but um yeah if if you get any extra lives after that they're just wasted which is a shame because this is a really hard game you could actually use them um another thing to remember um you take a lot of damage in this game just by the fact that you have zero that's right zero invincibility frames if an enemy goes through you you're pretty much dead so um you have to really really take care of that luckily there is an item in the game that reduces damage by half which is called a shield of protection which you find in the very first stage 
Sadly, if you lose a life, it's gone. And that's the only shield Never of protection in the entire game. So, yeah, that's a big problem. Um, like, I've played this game a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of times. I replayed it actually for the podcast again. I can make it to stage four without dying if I'm lucky. So that's pretty good. But stage four and five are relentless. So you're going to lose that shield of protection very soon. Um, yeah. What else is in this game for power-ups? Um, There's a lot of secrets. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. In this game, like, you know... A lot of times, like if you guys remember, like Super Mario Brothers One for NES, right? You can like you can jump on top of the screen and run across the ceiling, and then jump over a wall, and you have like the warp the the warp pipes. Oh, that's all fine and good. You know, it's all super fun. This game rewards you for doing something very similar. <laughs> so, um, in between like screens in the first stage, you have to ride up these elevators. And you can jump over the walls where these elevators are, and you'll actually go to a screen where there are gems. Um, there is a one-up. It looks like a voodoo doll, if I remember right. It's a, it's um, a little Kuros statuette, actually. Like, okay. like yeah, from like from the front, like a little knight. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's a doll looking yeah. type type deal. Yeah, and you grab one of them. That's, that's, one, of your, that's one of your one-ups, and then you can just jump back over and just progress to the stage. Like, there's a lot of that throughout this game. Yeah. And it also rewards you because I, I can vividly remember, like in stage two or three, I believe it is, you can jump on top of a wall and walk across it to avoid this just gauntlet of hallway nonsense yeah, yeah, with yeah. spiders and everything else too. Um, so like if you're if if it's like, oh, are you gonna be adventurous and try and jump up here? And it, 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 it says, Yeah, go ahead. You know what? And if you can get up there, here's your reward. You don't have to go through this gauntlet or here's some one ups or here's some Here's some credits. Here's whatever else. Mm, um, mm. I will say that's one cool thing I do like about this game. Um, I, I like when games do that. It's like, okay, you want to go out of bounds? Here's your reward for doing so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, the first NES game, very easy, to be honest, just because it's so forgiving with with dying. Like, you will never use, lose your items when you die or even game over. So you always feel like as strong as you can be at the point where you should be. Wherein, whereas in this game, once you lose a life, you just lose all your upgrades, basically, and, and your, uh, yep. your normal self again. Um, if you look at the second game, uh, Iron Sword, they ramped up the difficulty for that game. There's only three continues. Um, there's enemies flying towards you from everywhere. All the bosses have very hard patterns to get used to. Um, yeah, it's it's a very hard game compared to the first one. And for some reason, they thought it would be a really good idea for the first Game Boy game, the third in their series, or what <laughs> what they say, the tenth, um, to make it even more ridiculously hard. So I don't know where that came from, but yeah, they did it anyways. And what they did is... Like, a lot of Game Boy ports for... Well, this is not a port, of course. This is its own game. The sprites are huge. Like, they resemble the NES graphics, which is cool because it it gives it this distinct look. Um, It really ties into the other games. And it's... Yeah, it's really well done. But you have so little room to maneuver your, your guy to just... Yeah, get past the enemies which yeah makes the game so so hard um luckily the boss fights in this game are 
even easier than in the first NES game, except for the last guy if you don't know his pattern, but if you have enough lives, that's really not an issue because you can just get through them, but having enough lives to get there is, is basically the problem. But all bosses in this game have this uh, one spot you can stand in where you pretty much for 75% of the time cannot get hit uh, or you just have to jump one time or duck one time and they can't hit you. So that's at least uh, the one forgiving thing in this game. <laughs> my, my favorite boss in the game was the skull boss. Where after you've defeated the skull and it opened its mouth, you have to jump into its mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a thing that a lot of people get stuck on. Because it's a very distinct pattern you have to follow. But it's actually a really yeah. easy pattern. Um, he um, closes his mouth, immediately opens it up again, closes it again, waits for like a second, then opens it again, and then waits. And that's that's the time you have to jump. But if you jump at any other time than that, you just fall into the pit and, well, bye, bye, lives. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I think I was watching... Oh, who was I watching? Maybe it was John or it was you. Mm -hmm. uh, just struggle on that skull boss. Like, did you... Someone, one of you just kept jumping at it. I'm like, you have to wait. Yeah, and, uh, but it's probably just... <laughs> not me because this is a game I had since I was a kid, so I was used to oh, that okay. one. Yeah. yeah, probably, probably John. Yeah, yeah I can oh, imagine. Man. It was, it was, it was comical. Like, it took me like a couple of, a couple of like minutes to realize, like, oh, this is what you need to do. It's like I maybe lost like one or two lives, mm -hmm. uh, just learning. But I definitely lost a bunch of lives trying to jump to the mouth because my precision jumping is pretty awful mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's my most standout boss like that one is just comical to watch new people try that encounter yeah because you think like oh i have to kill this thing in order for the stage to end no he's jumping his mouth <laughs> yeah. <and it's> done. <laughs> yeah the, the other enemies well enemies other bosses in this game there's this huge bat because every game needs needs a bat of course um the the second boss is that skull uh, which isn't really a boss, yep. but yeah, it's it's just jump no. into its mouth. Yeah. Uh, the third boss is this is actually the skull hat. That's the big skull hat that you have to fight. Yep. Um, the fourth boss is I think supposed to be a griffin, but it looks like some overgrown bird. Um, could be a yes. hawk or something. And then you have to, of course, fight Malcolm himself. I almost said Malcolm. But I don't know. <laughs> Malcolm, Malcolm, in, Malcolm the in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> you have to fight that guy. What's his name again? I, I don't remember. Oh, come on. He doesn't get older, so right? Is it, is it so yeah. in the notes? Yeah, no, that's not in the notes. I just, I just I don't remember. Thought, thought of that. He's that guy that, that doesn't age, I believe. It's like Will Smith. <laughs> well, that's that's different. <laughs> this guy really doesn't age. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah. But yeah, um, the cover art though is kind of fun for this. Mm -hmm. It's I I if I had to describe it, it's a it's a like late eighties, early nineties realistic comic drawing mm -hmm. of Fabio stabbing an orc or some sort of like serpent type demon. Yeah. Um it reminds me a lot of like it reminds me a lot of a it, it reminds me a lot of a comic book cover. Um like oh my god this cover looks sweet and you start reading through it and it's like a 
semi-realistic like drawings and traces and colorings of a medieval comic book. Like I thought the art was quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this cover a lot. Uh, for those people who were not alive yet in the 90s, uh, Fabio was actually a model who was uh, used yep. for a lot of stuff because he, he looks like, yeah, like a medieval warrior or, or like a, a Conan the Barbarian, but that was Schwarzenegger, of course. Um, so for at least Iron Sword, the cover, you can actually see a real picture of Fabio dressed as Kuros. Um, so yeah, he was used a lot for, for these kinds of things. So, uh, this is a, this is an actual drawing though. This is not a photo of Fabio, but, uh, that's still the, the model they went with to actually create this drawing. It's a comic depiction of Fabio, if I had to put it, put it in words. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that, that brings us to something very strange about the Wizards and Warriors games, actually. Um, on all the covers, as far as I know, maybe not uh, the third game, I'm not sure. Um, you always see this not very armored guy on the cover, and you always play with literally a knight in full armor settings, which is really weird, but yeah, that's own to this series. There is a, um, there is like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, like a, 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 there was like a, a competition between uh, Hogan and Fabio, wasn't it, for covers for this thing? Oh uh, well, it wasn't for this one. It was actually for Iron Sword. Um, was it for Iron? Yeah, Sword? it was okay. for Iron Sword. So uh, they first wanted to actually <laughs> go with Hulk Hogan <laughs> as oh, as Kuros on the on the cover, but uh, they eventually chose to go with. Uh, Choose, choose, chose, chose, yeah. To go chose. with uh, with Fabio, which is <laughs> definitely they the definitely better option. They definitely made the right decision. Yeah. yeah. They definitely made the right decision. Like, I don't know if, if yeah, Hulk... You... Does, did Hulk have that mustache all his life? Maybe there was a time he didn't. Then it maybe would have made sense, but... The late 80s, early 90s, man, Hulkamania ran wild. Yeah. He had that mustache or that goatee or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah. God, could you imagine Hulk Hogan just, like, Holding that, holding that great sword just for a, cu- a couple pictures, it would look so awkward. Yeah, well, we have it here because <laughs> it's it's somebody made uh, made a fan thingy, I guess, of it of where course, you can see of it. They did. So maybe we'll put that link in our uh, description, maybe, so you can see it. But yeah, you you can uh, you can see it there with with the American flag on his shoulder and his <laughs> and his WWF bandana on. It's it's something. That's fantastic, actually. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, it's great. So we have some trivia here. Why did acclaimed title this chapter X? Yeah, so um, some people actually <laughs> went to acclaim and asked. Um, so why is this? Uh, why is this called? chapter 10 because this is the third game and they yeah chapter 10. yeah they, they just responded with well if we know what happens during chapters three t- through nine we'll let you know so <laughs> it's it's pretty comical actually and i also do remember but i couldn't find it anymore that uh this game was made kind of like a parody game on the previous two games and um i feel like that is true because it, it it's a lot more like 
yeah, Iron Sword and the first one are also pretty cartoony, kinda, but, but they do have, like, this sense of, uh, seriousness to them, but this one just feels a little bit more like it's making fun of, of their own series, so I could, I could see that, but I couldn't find that anymore, but I read that a few years ago. Yeah, it's almost like the, uh, it's almost like the the start of the Mega Man games. In year 20XX. Mm. <laughs> then Mega Man pops up and you're just like, huh, I wonder what year they're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Street Fighter, was it Street Fighter 2010 or whatever it was for the NES? Yeah. I don't see any flying rocket ships or anything else in my everyday life. <laughs> it's pretty fun to... It's pretty fun to see some of that, how they like approach that in the older days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the game reception for this, uh, it's it, I felt from what I read, it was it was it, it was received well, um, but there were a lot of like knocks to how the game actually looked. Like the gameplay itself, it seemed like it got praised, mm-hmm. but the way the game was shown, because Game Boy, right? Um, a lot of people, a lot of people docked points on that by being like being blurry, or um, maybe too difficult, or yeah, just not enough screen real estate to really like do anything to like protect yourself mm-hmm. at all. Um, but from what I read, the game did receive decent reviews. Yeah, they weren't bad at least. Um, like I think a lot of people when they first pick up this game, they they get put down by it a lot because again, it's it's a really difficult game for sure. But if you actually take your time to play it, it it's very satisfying to get through it eventually because it's only like a twenty minute game if you know where to go. So it's not that bad, but it's definitely a challenge. And maybe it can be like. Um, Maybe I'll compare to Dragon Slayer, and I don't mean the Game Boy game, I mean, like, the actual arcade game. Like, if you know what to do, you might be able to actually succeed, but it's still gonna be really hard. But once you get to that end, it, it just feels really good. Yeah, I, I, I would almost deem this as one of the hardest Game Boy games in the library. Mm, for sure, yeah. I mean, I've I've only played two hundred and eight, <laughs> but this is this is by far the hardest Game Boy game I've played. It's up there for um, sure, yeah. But it's I I like it. It's it's a top ten game for me though. I love the game. Yeah, um, like I said before, like I've had it since I was a kid, so I did have the practice to get through it. Uh, but I can definitely see someone going blind into this. It could take them at least six hours to get through it because it's it's so hard. Um, especially if you don't know what to do in the last stage, which is actually a maze that keeps on looping if you don't uh, know the yeah. correct door to go through. Yep. Which is a great segue, because when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts and history with this game. Stay tuned.
Alright, welcome back everybody. Um, so yeah, Mo, you said you've had this since you were a kid. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, I guess there's your history, so... This is one of those games that I bought on the flea market back then. Um, like, my budget wasn't very big during that time. Um, like, I had a Super Nintendo and I had the Game Boy by then. Um, so, usually when I went to a flea market, um, I, I picked up some games there because uh, they were pretty cheap. They were sold by not-so-kosher people, I would say. So, they always had good prizes. Um, you had to be careful as well because sometimes they were uh, bootlegs. Uh, but but yeah, most of the time they, they were just fine. They just came without any boxes or anything. It was just a game. So But you get, can get them for like 10 bucks or something. So that was pretty cool. And this was one of those that I picked up because it looked amazing on the cover. Like <laughs> it just spoke to me even though I'm not into medieval things. Uh, but it looked like a cool game. And when I <laughs> played it, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? This is literally unplayable. Um, so it took me quite a while to get used to it. I remember taking it with me, um, in the fifth and sixth grade of elementary school. Um, one year we had a week where we went into like a forest camp, I guess you can call it, but like there were pets and everything. And, and the other year you went to the, to the ocean. Um, so I, I took it with me, uh, there and that's when I actually beat it. So that was really cool, like just uh, in one of the hours that, that we had free time, I actually beat it, so I was pretty proud of myself. Um, so yeah, I didn't really touch the game anymore, I may have played it a few times just for fun sakes, and then I had to do it for uh, Portable Pleasure, which was one of the very first games I actually did, because I knew it myself. Um, yeah, I, I beat it. In 40 minutes or something so I still had that uh, knowledge of the game with me and yeah I, I always really really liked this game even though it was hard but when I let my other friends play that game they just couldn't even get past the gate of the first stage so <laughs> so yeah that was always uh, fun to see that I was actually really good at this um, yeah that's that's pretty much my history with it actually nice yeah I didn't know that they made a Wizards and Warriors game on Game Boy until Game Boy Adventure, um, I want to say that I was looking at your playthrough list on Google Sheets, mm -hmm. and I saw that you have played Wizards and Warriors X, and I was like, huh, there's a Wizards and Warriors game on Game Boy. So I decided to find a cart on eBay, and I got—I think I paid like 10 or 15 bucks for the cart mm -hmm. uh, back back when retro prices, you know, weren't <laughs> crazy. Um, and I got the cart, and I was like, oh, this the cover looks cool. And I'm like, all right, we're going to play this for Game Boy Adventure. It was like game 70 or 71 or something like that. And um, so fair, so pretty pretty early on in my in my challenge, and I put it in, and the first level just beat me up for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, this game is hard. Because I, I, I play games like Kung Fu Master and like Donkey Kong Land, like, not hard games at all. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, Wizards and Warriors, man, it just tore me apart. Um, but the game, but I eventually did beat the game. It took me about three hours blind to beat the entire game in one sitting. Um, and it was the most satisfied I've ever felt beating a Game Boy game blind. Mm -hmm. um, 
because it's just so so unforgiving and difficult um but yeah so like after playing that i was like wow this game is actually really good um with it being super super hard because i have a i have a thing where like if a game is unforgiving i start to dock it points because like and like it's just be it unforgiving for the sake of being unforgiving but i've played wizards and warriors one before on nes like i had that i had that when i was a kid um and i remember playing that and beating that as a as a as a kid as well so like i remember playing wizards and warriors i'm like oh okay i can kind of associate some of the wizards and warriors aspects to that game a little bit and it's like Wizards and Warriors 1, from I remember, was kind of tough as a kid. Uh, I don't know what it's like as an adult. I haven't played it in 20-some years now. But um, So I was like, you know what? Wizards and Warriors is a great series. I wish they made more of them. Uh, and I was like, I kind of tied it all together. But uh, So the unforgiving factors, like, I kind of like pushed that to a side because that's how those games were kind of meant to be, I felt yeah. like. So um, I just, I never, never made that be a frustration point for me versus like some of the future games I'd play where it's like, this game is literally just unplayable for the sake of being unplayable. Like the person just wanted a quick $50 and make children. Angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I would say like this game is a top 10 Game Boy game for me. Um, I, whenever people, whenever people ask me like, what recommendations would you make to, to play a Game Boy game? Like, well, what do you, do you want easy? Do you want hard? Uh, what, you know, what type of game you're looking for? But, um, most of the time, like Wizards and Warriors will pop up like, hey, like it's a hard game, but like it's satisfying to play. Like you should try Wizards and Warriors X for, for Game Boy. If you're looking for a really good Game Boy game, um, my uh, Trip World is up there too, but we know how much Mo likes Trip World. So, <laughs> but uh, that's that's basically my that, that's my history and most of my thoughts for the game. Um, I, I'd really, I, I, outside of being a very hard game, I honestly don't have many many issues with this. Um, if you've played Wizards and Warriors, uh, Wizards and Warriors on NES, expect you know expect that on the Game Boy. Like expect that same same degree of difficulty and unfairness on the Game Boy. Like they didn't they didn't tone it down at all, which is what I respect a lot about the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't know. I've only played the first on NES and the second one. Um, I think I've beaten both of them. Uh, the third one is more of like a Castlevania 2 style kind of deal, I believe, where you have a hub where you, and you go to different areas. I might be wrong, but it looks more like that kind of game, at least. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never played 3. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I checked it out while I was... Uh, while while researching this podcast and I, I played it for like 10 minutes and i was like i have actually no idea where to go in this game so i put it aside <laughs> uh and for the first game i soft locked it again like always <laughs> uh in the nes version um you get an item called uh, boots of levitation um and if you hold up you float in the air um, which is something you can use to like do a double jump out of. Um, but a way to easily defeat bosses in that game is by sticking to the left side and um, hovering upwards. And that is an area where bosses can't hit you, so you can just take them down without getting hit yourself. The only downside of it is that um, after each boss, a treasure spawns, which you have to pick up to end the stage. And for some reason, sometimes the game spawns that thing outside of the game screen and then you're just stuck in there forever. You're stuck. You know? So yep. that 
always happens to me because I always try to go for that <laughs> for the cheating way of getting through that game and it's always on the last well not the last stage because there you can do that but the second to last stage every single time so yeah I didn't finish it's it what you get for yeah indeed that's, that's the bad part of it and it's really easy to avoid <laughs> because that boss is a skeleton that starts as a really tiny one but gets bigger every time you defeat him. And at the end, he splits into like six ghosts. So afterwards, you could just go to the right, kill the ghost, and you would be fine. But for some reason, I always be like, eh, spam, attack, and then I'm like, yeah, I did it again. <laughs> oh, man. And then the, uh, the very small speedrun focus that we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, last time I checked, there was not a leaderboard for this game. No, that's correct. But... Yeah. But there is like a 20 or 25 minute time on YouTube for this game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no actual speed runs of this. And I can actually see why. Because um, I yeah. can also finish this game within 25 minutes for sure. The problem is I take my time with it. Because of the fact that you have literally no invincibility frame. So going fast through a stage is just not possible um so it would be nice if somebody in the future would actually sit down and be like this is what you can do but there's not gonna be much because most of the enemies you just cannot dodge unless you actually kill them because the screen is so small for you to move in um, except for stage two where you can jump like on top of the walls and such but uh, there's a lot of places where you just bump your head into the wall so you have to stick to where you are take down the enemies and you cannot just run past everything just to get to the end because you'll lose all your lives in just one screen yep. yeah then you got like what is a stage three or four wherever it is where you have like these crazy platforms you have to jump and then walk through certain doors mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it's not stage five i think it's i want to say it's stage four um, um yeah probably because like you're like you're you're like on a castle like you're like the outside of a castle you just you have to walk in and out of doors uh and do some crazy crazy platforming and like one of the doors you like as soon as you enter a door and go out to the other side like you're greeted with like an enemy right mm -hmm. away and you have to like duck and stab and yeah it's uh yeah yeah it's a it would be it would be a lot of fun to see someone try and route this yeah game. for sure like, it really would like be. i don't know who would want to do it sadly but yeah it would be very interesting just to see like how do you deal with because most of the extra lives are hidden somewhere which takes you out of the actual stages like over those walls and, yeah. and things like that so that makes you lose time but you really also need them if you want to even try to damage boost which yeah damage boosting is just not an option in this game it's it's yeah i don't know do you i don't remember when you get hit does it push you at all or does it just does straight damage it does stand there, like, straight damage yeah yeah okay yeah so i mean there's no like quote-unquote damage boosting at all because yeah there's no iframes mm -hmm. in the game at all indeed yeah what a game yeah. i would love to see if someone route this yeah. game it's not gonna be me <laughs> and it's not gonna be yeah. me either uh, <laughs> i thought about it and i'm like no yeah i was <laughs> like i think a few days ago uh oh right because i was uh, setting up a new leaderboard for one of the tiny 10 9 games um i had a f bit of time left and i was like you know what i'm just gonna record a pretty decent run of wizards and warriors and then i can submit that so there at least is a leaderboard for it 
and I died in the first stage, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> it's it's over for me. You'd have you'd have world record in that game forever. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until Atros came, I'm like, oh, this game's easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I doubt it, but yeah, yeah. If anybody can get a good run, a timed run of this game, and make a leaderboard, at least that would be there. So. Maybe then people yeah. will see it and be like, eh, maybe I should do this. And then they'll cry after five minutes, of course. But It definitely deserves a leaderboard. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's you'll definitely shed some tears while playing the yeah. game. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, we're going to take another quick break here. The one last break of the episode. When we come back, we're going to talk about some community events coming up that are Game Boy related. Uh, viewer questions. And of course what the next episode will be about. Stay tuned. back everybody so we got some we got some community events coming up here yeah it's been a while as of yeah fine yeah we, we had a little bit of a stale time there it's because the holidays and it's winter and, yeah um so as of today as as we are talking right now in this recording uh summer games done quick 2019 submissions are open um so if you are wanting or planning to submit a game run a game as summer games done quick which will be in bloomington minnesota again this year they haven't announced the hotel but i would assume it's probably gonna be at the double tree again um that was a pretty sweet hotel uh get your submissions in i'll be submitting like i said squidlet uh shack food game boy really hoping shack food gets in and titus the fox hard category um, so hopefully we get one of those three games in hopefully not all three but you know maybe one of them um and then uh we had the tiny 10 remix 2 announced yeah just before we recorded this right before yeah, we recorded uh, this, i had another another thing to do um so tiny 10 remix 2 happening on the 30th of march um which is basically a best off of uh previous tiny 10s like um, it picks one game out of each uh previous tiny 10 there's 10 games in total all 10 games are full games of course there haven't been 10 tiny 10s yet so there's some uh, some that have two games from uh, from from different yeah. ones um in a year however they will have 10 tiny 10s to pick from so uh, at the end of the yeah, year so the next tiny 10 remix uh, will will actually have 10 games from 10 different tiny tens um this is hosted by rgl tv um so enemy who you might or might not know depends on <laughs> if you're just a podcast listener or, or actually in the community of course um is, is hosting it together with infinite mystery basically but infinite mystery will also be running um 
I'm probably gonna run because apparently I did last year and I had no recollection of that. So um, yeah, this is my chance to actually participate in these because I'm not involved in it because I literally did all the work already and they're just picking up the, <laughs> the leftovers to, to make a marathon. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's always fun. Um, and it's nice to get people a little bit more hyped for the actual Tiny yeah. 10. Um, so Tiny 10 9 will be coming up. We're not going to say the date just yet because next episode will come out. Well, we will release it right after we've done, we've done the Tiny 10 9 announcement. Um, and that will be on March 16th that we're going to do it. So there's a little overlap between the remix and the normal one. But you'll have plenty of time for, for Tiny 10 9 to practice. So that won't, uh, won't be an issue I at all. I'd say most people probably doing the remixes but have already done those games yeah. in previous Tiny Tens in a way. So I haven't I haven't decided if I'm going to remix two. Like I saw Looney Tunes in there and I was just like ah. <laughs> I have I have bad, bad memories of Looney Tunes and Tiny Ten Two. Me too, but uh yeah. Like I won Tiny Ten Two and I still despise that <laughs> game. Like Elmer Fudd is the worst. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, now that I do recollect last uh, Tiny Tem remix? Um, they had Avenging Spirit in it, which is a game I yeah. really dread. And what I thought was gonna happen happened to be I got stuck in that game for way too long. I got really mad. I almost quit just because of it, but I pushed through luckily, and I still came in third. <laughs> I have no idea how I did that, but uh, but yeah, everything went wrong for me there. I was on pace for third place, and then Super Mario Land 2 <laughs> happened, and we all know how much I like that game. Yeah. And uh, Wario's Castle put me from third place to fifth place. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, go over the list real quick for uh, Tiny Ten yeah. 2, uh, Tiny Ten Remix 2. Um, so we start with Bubble Ghost, go into Rotland, the Japanese version, uh, then Looney Tunes for Game Boy. Battle Unit Ziot, Trax, Miracle Adventures of Esparks, Ninja Spirit, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Follow the Foot Clan, Kirby's Dreamland, and finishing with uh, Gargoyle Law. Gargoyle. Yeah. I'm really glad they put Gargoyle's Quest full game yeah. in there. Um, I'm I'm really really happy they did that. Like it's only like it's a half hour run if you learn how to speed run it. Um, but it's such a good game. Like I felt like when, like when you put it into Tiny Ten Five, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. You did game. half of the game. You did half of the game, and I was like, man. I'm like, after I played it and then got to there, I'm like, I want to play the rest of this mm -hmm. game. Like I kind of wished that it was full game in Tiny Ten Five, but I understand why you didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's always because Just of the time constraints, long. of course. Yeah. yeah. But man, it's such a such a good game, top top ten game for me again yeah. too. Um, yeah, we did an entire yeah. podcast. Well, it was on the second game mostly, but we also talked well, we about the first. Gargoyles Quest Two. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the first just as well. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, it was a gargoyle podcast yeah. episode basically. Um, but yeah, um, like Mo said, we'll be revealing Tiny Ten Nine March sixteenth, uh, one p.m. Eastern, I believe. Yeah. On the Mon Monochrome City Twitch channel, so yeah. Um, and then right now we have a Kirby's Dreamland tournament happening. 
which is uh it's it's a thing. Um <laughs> we've just pretty much finished up round one matches uh this weekend. <clears throat> and I'll be doing my round two match tomorrow. So I'm uh I had a D Rust a little bit last night and my D Rusts were not good. So I don't expect to I don't foresee myself doing too well in this tournament. But, <laughs> um uh yeah, we have a Kirby's Dreamland tournament, best of three double elimination tournament happening right now. Um those are being broadcasted on speed gaming. Um so definitely want to check those out. We have there's been some pretty damn good races though, honestly. It's been pretty fun to watch some some of the new runners go at it. Uh outside of that, I can't think of anything else. Handheld heroes will happen again. We don't have information mm-hmm. about it yet, but it will happen. So um Dad, 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 infini- infinium, infin, yeah, uh, slash, slash infinity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him and I are him and I and Atras are still chatting about dates and all that other back behind the scenes stuff. So we'll uh, when we have more information, we'll let you all know about that. Uh, viewer questions though, Mo, we got one from Hero. Yeah, we we got two from Hero. One we kind of already touched. Um, He asked, why are the games always showing Conan wannabe on the boxes when the main character is in full armor? So, yeah, (laughs) no idea why they do that, actually. It's kind of weird. Um, I think the third game actually does have Kuros in full armor, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, it's... I think it was just a thing of the time, like the... Back in the Fabio was yeah. Back in the late eighties, like like he says himself, Conan the Barbarian was like really big and and or was that earlier? Wasn't that the end of the seventies that that movie came out? Anyways, people oh, Wizards and Warriors three covers weird. Yeah. Anyways, at that time, a lot of people liked those um, muscular guys on on covers of everything. So they probably went with that just because it's appealed to a bigger audience. So yeah, yeah. And the second question is, uh, why do you say Wizards and Warriors ten and I say X when reading the title? Uh, yeah, that I don't know, like. I mostly say X as well, actually, for this game, but it is the ruminal number uh, 10. So it's supposed to be chapter 10, of course, but it's it's kind of like Mega Man X. Like, a lot of people, when that came out, thought it was Mega Man 10, uh, but then it was actually his name, X. So it, it's, it just depends, I guess, on, on if you know how the, the ruminal numbers work or not, which... Se- little segue from that, maybe I was watching ESA Winter, uh, which is probably over by now, so can't watch that anymore. And, and the announcer said, "Like, I have no idea what ruminal numbers are," and I was like, uh, "Eh, what? How? So, so you've been playing Final Fantasy X for the past and what? Like, how can you like that? I don't know. I for me, that's common knowledge, ruminal numbers, but." Yeah, I mean, like, I felt like room and number. I feel like, yeah, room and numbers were well before anything else. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. It's it, it just, it was really weird. Um, there there were a lot of. Weird um, but yeah, there. I I I say X as well too. I still call it Wizards and Warriors X. Like I don't, I I'll maybe say Wizards and Warriors ten, but if I if. if me not thinking about it at all. Yeah, it doesn't feel correct either to say it. Yeah. Wizards and Warriors 10 doesn't doesn't feel good. Like 
you would never say Final Fantasy X, you would say Final Fantasy X, but for Wizards and Warriors, the, the X makes it sound more medieval, maybe? I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, maybe maybe it's something in the brain that, that just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. all the viewer questions for this episode, at least. Because yeah. a lot of people have never played this game before. Probably have never heard or of this that, game before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, if you guys have thoughts and suggestions uh, from listening to the podcast, uh, please, you know... Leave a comment in SoundCloud or whatever podcast thing that you're listening to. Um, we have a Discord. Uh, please feel free to join. It's it's pretty we're pretty quiet. We we we'll, we'll mess around every once in a while, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll tell you like what what an upcoming episode is about, whether it be a light or a a, a co-op episode. Um, there you can place questions. You can talk in the general. We have a lot of friendly people, a lot of cool people in the Discord that just like to talk about video games in general. Um, yeah, just come hang out. It's a good time. It's mm, fun. Yeah, sometimes we make a dumb uh, joke that nobody understands. Like, <laughs> basically, the, this podcast, but in, in chat form, man. Yeah. yeah. It's basically just a bunch of true mm. life animated <laughs> gifs, and only Mo and I laugh at them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nobody even reacts to us anymore. It's like, yo, dude, these guys are at it again. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, um, let's see here. What else we got going on? Uh, we, have the, we have that Patreon. Um, I know we have a Patreon. Yeah, yeah. if you do like this podcast and you want to support us, uh, feel free to become a patron. Uh, we only have two tiers, uh, the $1 tier and the $5 tier. If you want to give more, of course, you feel free to. Um, you're not restricted to that, but we only have bonuses for those tiers. Like, uh, they let you be able to... Uh, actually see our episode notes um, the, for the highest tier you can actually vote for uh, listener selected episodes we only have one patron so far so we haven't even done uh, a listener selected episode because it's it's pointless at this point of course but yeah if if, if there's more people we will definitely do that like if, if we have five of them um, that's definitely an option and we have our first patreon goal which is twenty dollars a month and that will uh, enable us to actually do live recordings of these episodes a lot more uh, because we've only done that once so far um, where does the money go to um, soundcloud hosting website hosting we do want to ask our uh, teammate man over mars to make better artwork for the podcast but um yeah, it's his job, so of course we want to pay him for it. And we also finally want to start paying uh, Lex because she's been doing this for free. She learned how to edit podcasts, um, how to use the audio software, even using video software for an upcoming thing that you will uh, most likely see. But yeah, it would be nice to to have something to give to her as well for, for actually doing that on her free time. So that's uh, that's where your money goes. Yeah. And she's done a fantastic job. Definitely. In all 10 plus episodes of This Is Game Boy. So. Yeah, 19, I guess. Uh, nine lights and, and 10 full ones yeah. so far. Yeah. Pushing out content. Rolling deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, where can they find you, Mo? Uh, you can find me on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, that's always slash Moolah. That's M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. 
Uh, yeah, you can find me at Belsic Gaming on Twitch, Twitter. YouTube is just YouTube right now. Um, I still need to hit a couple more subs to get the uh, personalized branding URL. Mm-hmm. But you bet it's gonna be that'll be Belfit Gaming as well once that time comes. Give it like a month or so. Um, and then yeah, you can. I'm, oh, I am Belfit Gaming in Discord. Man, yep. just holding it down, aren't mm-hmm. I? Just so consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you can find our wonderful producer uh, legs, uh, Sprinty legs on Twitch. Um, I, th- I think it's Sprinty Legs or Just Legs on YouTube. I'm gonna assume it's Sprinty Legs on YouTube. Let's just be real on that one. Um, and then she is Legs in our Discord as well. So, This game will make your chest glow like that to Fabio. I like that it rhymes.